brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. I'm so glad everybody's listening. I'm getting so much feedback on the show, and it's it's really nice, and I appreciate everybody who uh, gets a hold of me and gives me your feedback. Thank you so much. This show is about self-sabotage. Um, it's called The Idiot Within. <laughs> we all self-sabotage. I mean, the truth is all of us do it. However, some people make a life of it. And, uh, you know, what is it? What is self-sabotage? Well, the behavior is, uh, is when it creates problems and, and it interferes with long-standing goals. That means we self-sabotage when we create problems and interfere with our long-term goals. Now, this issue is something that all of us integrate into our lives for some reason. Uh, the most common self-sabotaging behavior is procrastination, uh, self-medication with drugs, alcohol, comfort eating, uh, and also forms of self-injury like uh, cutting. Some people cut themselves and they do that for an adrenaline rush. These acts may seem very helpful in the moment, but they're ultimately undermine us, especially when we engage in them repeatedly. People, people aren't always aware of their own self-sabotage. So as the effects of their behavior may not show up for some time, unfortunately, connecting a behavior to a uh, self-defeating consequence is no guarantee that a person will disengage from that behavior. So they, they basically form a pattern, they become familiar with it, and they just go back to it and go back to it. Um, still, you know, it is possible to overcome almost any form of self-sabotage. And people do it every day. There are behavioral therapies that are out there that can help people. And I'm going to connect you with some of those things today. I'm going to give you some of the tools today about how to undo self-sabotage. You know, uh, there's also motivational therapies about reconnecting people with their goals and their values. And and there's even computer programs that help eliminate the constant uh, temptation uh, and online distractions. So we we all get in our own way occasionally. And some people do it repeatedly, whether it's procrastinating, drinking, overeating, self-sabotaging behavior results from a misguided attempt to rescue ourselves from our own negative feelings. And it is a sense of depression. Uh, The truth is, depression and self-sabotage are as one. And so many people don't correlate the two, but the fact is, uh, people that do self-sabotage are also subjected to depression. So, you know, look at yourself and wonder, are you self-sabotaging? You know, dodging emotions that... That is something that a lot of people do. They do not like conflict. And so they dodge emotions and then we uh, escape intense negative feelings and and, uh, basically uh, move away from our goals and our relationships. A lot of people will avoid uh, people that are confrontational because they don't like conflict. They've never grown up. They've never faced the idea that conflict is a very healthy thing if it's done in a very relaxing tone without a lot of emotion. You know, the fact is conflict is so easy to do. Uh, all you have to do 
is state your emotions. You know, I feel, I'm angry, I'm upset. Whatever the emotion is, you don't have to demonstrate it and you don't have to use tone. However, some people are so afraid of conflict that they would rather self-sabotage. They'll, they'll bypass a vacation. They'll bypass a family event. Uh, they'll, be, they'll eventually work themselves into you know, agoraphobia where they're just basically locking themselves in their house. Uh, many people will avoid conflict and don't realize that that's self-sabotage. Also, uh, procrastination, huge. That's a huge self-sabotaging issue. You know, a lot of people will put things off and then, oh, where'd the day go? Gee. And all of a sudden, everything's gone by and they've never gotten done the things that they've made responsibilities in their life to do. And so people that procrastinate also can't be trusted. And that is a very big violation. You know, trust violations are everything... Uh, about conflict. You know, when people violate trust, they're, they're really getting down to the most raw form of conflict. People enrage themselves over trust. Every argument you've ever had in a relationship, in a marriage, has been a trust issue. And so people that procrastinate have inherent problems trusting themselves and also being trusted because they have no follow-through. And once again, this is a form of depression. So, you know, if you want to uh, be a person that's not respected very much, be a procrastinator and you'll find yourself uh, having major, major problems. That is self-sabotage. Also, uh, very modest people, people that are extremely modest, uh, that is also, you know, they, they, they basically want to disappear. They, they, they basically want to kowtow to everyone. And by doing that, they never set boundaries. They never really f- focus on who am I? Where do I stand? What is this about? What is right for me? What is not right for me? They, they have no self-respect because they won't define themselves. So they just kowtow. And what I mean by kowtow, that's a colloquialism, is basically uh, they, they bow down to whoever it is and give them their way. And they just continue to do that. And that mechanism is a horrible sense of self-defeating behavior. Also, addiction. You know, that is a very long, uh, slippery slope. And a lot of people fall into addiction and that, once again, is a life killer because addictions become your life. They become who you are. Uh, they define you. And they are your first love and your first priority. And all of a sudden, everyone else falls behind. And so, once again, uh, self-sabotage addiction means that you put the addiction first and foremost in your life. And once again, it defines you. It becomes you. It's the thing that everyone remembers about you when you die. Um, it's the sad truth, but people that get addicted are basically pushing themselves away from life. And, uh, you know, they make uh, increasing bad decisions. So self-sabotage is not an act. It is a process, a very complex, tragic process that pits people against their own thoughts and impulses. Though we all make mistakes, a true self-sabotager continues to try to fix those mistakes by top-loading them with increasingly bad decisions. You know, addicts, for example, present a parade of excuses and delusional thinking while avoiding painful, decisive action necessary to set their lives right. All too often, we hear stories of, of very talented people who, despite much potential, allowed drugs or alcohol to drag them down. And for some, this kind of crap uh, is what 
becomes them and they lose their life. You know, despite uh, his literary wit, Mark Twain was far less sharp with money, uh, you know, with earnings from uh, like the adventures of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. He, he lived very extravagantly and poured millions into developing a mechanical typewriter. Unfortunately, it was overtaken by new technology. Bankruptcy followed, and to pay back his creditors, he had to go on a world speaking tour and become the, the, the world's first uh, celebrity writer. And, and so, once again, even the greatest people in the world, even the most talented people in the world, also self-sabotage. And when we recognize these issues in ourselves and in other people, we have the ability to help them. We have the ability to help them recognize what they're doing to themselves. So how do we stop? How do you stop the self-sabotaging? You know, most of us have goals, you know, big, like to go back to school, get a master's degree, small, would be like pare down a pile of junk mail or something like that or, or clean a closet. You know, what keeps us from meeting our goals is what we have to ask ourselves. And why are some of the goals successfully achieved while others remain on our to-do list and nag us forever and and even years at a time? You know, um, you have to set, set goals, but you have to also follow through with the goals. You can't just set goals and not do anything about them. You know, um... Do you recognize any of these behaviors? If you can recognize some of these behaviors that I'm about to mention, then it may be in your power to be able to stop self-sabotaging. Like dwelling on, if only, like many people have so many conditions that have to take place before, them, before they're able to take action. You know, life is a leap of faith. It's a leap of faith, and, we, and that is what it's all about. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about life. It means that we have to take chances to evolve. We have to take a leap forward, take a leap into a relationship, take a leap into a job. We don't have all the answers, but what we have to do is not uh, have to have every single condition met for us to process and proceed in our lives. You know, we all have regrets uh, whether they're about something we did, you know, uh, things that didn't go well. But that doesn't mean we have to set tighter conditions around life because if you do that, you don't live. And so that's something that you have to ask yourself. Do you live on the if only uh, principle in your life and just create that until you never take action? Also, being afraid of your own thoughts. You know, one of the easiest ways to ensure that a thought will have power over you is to try your hardest to suppress it. You know, sometimes we do this because our thoughts terrify us. And this is the, you know, if, if you look at some of your thoughts and, and some of the things that you would like to do, and, and if you have defined yourself so rigidly that certain things don't fit in your life that you want to fit in your life, what you have to do is re-examine yourself and the rules around you. And, and what is the motivator? Is it something you want to do to impress other people? Is it something you need to do for yourself? If it's something you need to do for yourself, what is so important is you do it. You do it and you stop making excuses. You know, the more you battle your thoughts, the more you deny yourself the opportunity to work through them. You know, thoughts don't have to have action to them. Not every thought does. But you have to ask yourself, why am I having this thought and where is this thought coming from? And what would I get out of the action that would follow this thought? 
you know, also, you have to uh, stop burying your feelings. You know, a lot of people uh, choose to bury their feelings and they hide them. And what happens is they eventually come out, but they come out in misplaced uh, places. You know, passive aggressive is a trait that many people who self-defeat have because they don't set boundaries when they need to because they're afraid of conflict. And then when they do conflict, they turn into a monster. And basically what they're trying to say is, I don't ever want to do this conflict again. So I'm going to do it so ugly and so bad that you will never, ever, ever cross me. And that's the message they're trying to tell you when they're passive and then aggressive. And so what we have to do is we've got to eliminate that passive-aggressive need by embracing conflict. And once again, as I said earlier, doing conflict without tone and without all the flair. All we have to do is state our emotions. Just state them. Also, uh, another self-defeating thing that people do is, you know, habitually starting tomorrow. You know, they always say, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this or tomorrow is a clean slate. Well, no, tomorrow isn't a clean slate. It's a promise to yourself that you break and then eventually you develop a habit. And then eventually you never get anything done that you want to do for yourself. And so people that don't love themselves basically put things off until the next day. So, you know, you need to take action, even if it's the day before, and maybe you'll accomplish something tomorrow, but you want to take action today to lead into tomorrow. So if you're going to do that, you want to make sure that there is action taking place today committing you to tomorrow. Also, uh, many people let inertia harm themselves rather than help you. And, And, you know, inertia is fantastic when it's on your side. You know, if you pick up like a healthy habit or maintain it for several weeks in a row, like making coffee rather than buying it, taking stairs rather than the elevator, sorting your emails as they come in, it becomes much easier to continue that. But very often, inertia applies to habits we don't want to have and activities that make us feel unproductive and, and unhealthy. And so it's, it is this reason that, that uh, basically a psychological clean slate is needed. And so what we want to do is we, we want to develop habits that are good, habits that are productive for us and continue those habits and follow inertia and let that happen. But we want to extinguish the habits that are bad for us. And by doing that, what we do is we eliminate it from our habits. We just develop new habits that are more constructive for us. So instead of maybe drinking, we start exercising at the time we drink and we form a new habit. And so that inertia is what is needed to eliminate any kind of self-defeating behavior. You know, so from time to time, practically everybody sabotages themselves with needless emotional miseries. And and you can stop these things by building a happier and sturdier lifestyle. And and some of the characters, uh, characteristics that you need to do that is resilience. What is resilience? Well, resilience means that when things get our way, we pick ourselves back up and we overcome them. Also, competence, meaning if we don't have enough information, we need to go get more. And also, confidence, knowing that we can accomplish things. Looking at other people that accomplish things and going, if they can do it, I can do it. And also, tolerance. And that's acceptance. That means we're willing to pick our battles. 
And, and by doing that, that doesn't mean we avoid conflict, but that means that we accept and tolerate that not everything is going to be perfect. You know, that is extremely important to get momentum is that we don't require perfect. We require good enough. Okay. You know, we have to combat secondary disturbances if we're going to not self-defeat. And what does that mean? You know, a, a, a problem condition is like losing a job, not being adequately able to meet your financial responsibilities. Uh, following a rational understanding of the situation, you accept not like the situation. And what you do is figure out how to get a new job, let's say. If you lost your job, figure out what it's going to take to get a new job. And that job may not be perfect. It may not be your career job, but maybe it's a bridge to a different life. Maybe it's a bridge to getting to the job that you want. You know, you may uh, superimpose like a primary disturbance over the problem. So this is where you make a bad situation work. You think, this should have not happened, poor me, we victimize ourselves, and basically we defeat ourselves from being able to get momentum and move forward. And so, you know, basically a secondary disturbance is another way of layering a problem into a problem. For example, you upset yourself over feeling upset, you tell yourself, I can't stand how rotten I, I, I feel. And I can't believe I did this wrong. And then you feel more rotten because you never finish. And so, you know, if we're going to characterize ourselves as somebody that doesn't finish, then we will not finish. And so, you know, it's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. We just don't want to let our emotions get in our way. Emotions are very fleeting and we let them pass and we move forward. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about programming and getting away from self-defeating behavior. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? 
How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about self-defeating behavior. And once again, this is something that so many people do. Let's look at another example of self-defeating behavior that I haven't mentioned. And that is people that sleep. People that stay up late and then they sleep late or they're late to work or they're late to everything. That is also self-sabotaging behavior. You know, if you want to get your circadian rhythms off, the best thing you could do is stay up late and get up early. I mean, basically, a lot of people that uh, work push themselves because they want more leisure time. And so they stay up late and late and late and late, and then they get up, and then they cannot function very well or focus very well at work. You know, people that do uh, live a good life, people that function well, consistently get sleep. And so if you're not getting sleep, that may be something you need to go to a doctor over. But, but the deal is you need to get sleep. And, and so people that self-defeat do not sleep much. And that is not a good thing. Okay, now um, let's look at also uh, what we can do to overcome, you know, a situation where we're self-defeating. And the first thing is we have to do is go you know, I cannot stand for this situation to continue in my life, and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do this, this, this. And we make commitments to ourselves. That is important. And then and, and, and the other thing is, is that we have to be very committed to follow through so that we can redefine ourselves. And we have to continue to follow what we are doing. So let's say we're trying to improve our sleep. That means we go to bed early and we develop a habit of going to bed early and we release our guilt and shame of not having more leisure time and we understand that we need to function better and to function better and live a happier life, we need to sleep and we become much more creative when we sleep. So committing to an earlier bedtime gives you the opportunity to have a much better life. And so developing a new habit around that is what you want to do. All right, so, you know, there's some very uh, strong ways to stop self-defeating behavior. You know, you have to look at your old programming and that it, you have to understand, is it working or is it not working? You know, if, if procrastination is your deal and that's the way you operate, what can you do to stop it? 
What can you do to stop it? If being late for every single thing in your life that's important, including even your children's lives, that is critical to make up that commitment and change that habit. So, you know, one way to think about decision you made as a child to do better, uh, to better app to a, a conditionally accepting family, what you have to do is you have to commit to yourselves. You know, when we're highly dependent on caretakers for comfort, guidance, support, what could be more essential than feeling securely bonded to these people? You know, that is something from childhood that we learn. We learn procrastination. We learn self-defeating behaviors from our parents. And so what we have to do is we have to examine them and go, wow, am I following that example? And am I really them or am I myself? You know, when we own our life, we take responsibility for our life. And people that are responsible don't self-sabotage. And by the way, responsibility and taking responsibility is the key definer of adulthood. And people that never grow up self-defeat. They just continue to live in their childhood. They continue to live in depression. And, And what is depression? Well, depression is a series of unmet expectations that are far too high. The way people overcome depression is they turn everything they cannot control into a preference. I prefer. I prefer that, you know, my, my uh, family member wasn't so overbearing. I prefer my job wasn't this difficult right now. I would prefer that this person treated me like this, but I can't control it. And so when we release the things that we cannot control, we give ourselves back opportunities to think and to follow through and to become ourselves. You know, your, your genetic blueprint is, is basically what you've contrived from your parents. However, we're not bound to our genetic blueprint. We can actually make new decisions and new choices. I mean, you know, hey, I, I grew up in, in Indiana, uh, which is, there's nothing wrong with Indiana. It's a great place to grow up, but, but my life is a much more evolved um, you know, now I'm in uh, psychology and, and I live in California and I have a very complex life. But, you know, it's nothing like my childhood. My childhood is what got me to adulthood. It is not what defines me. And what genetics operate in our life is not who we are. So we want to take on new patterns that define ourselves and make new decisions that define ourselves. And that's how we build character. You know, um, we have to also look at, at what parts of our life are, are, are we following through with and what parts of life are we not? Are we becoming good parents? Are we following through with our children's lives? Are, are, we, are we spending time with them? Are we being very productive with our family and our children? That's another way people self-sabotage. They're very productive at work and they're very unproductive in their family life. And they, they have relationships with other people, but they don't have relationships with their children and their spouse. You know, that, once again, is uh, self-defeating behavior. A lot of people don't understand that. And they feel like they have an obligation, let's say, to work and make money. And yes, you need to work and make money to function in life, but also you have to have balance. And that means you have follow-through in all areas of your life, not just pick and choose the areas where you are... um, feel the most productive or get the most out of it. Um, You know, it's very interesting that we have to underestimate our potential 
And, and so many people un- underestimate that feel like they have to underestimate their potential and believe that whatever successes they've had are very uh, 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 lucky instead of understanding that we have huge potentials within ourselves and our capabilities are gigantic if we recognize that we have them in us or if we cultivate and commit ourselves to developing skills and ideas and thoughts that get us to uh, being able to function well. You know, underestimating your potential is self-defeating. And so what we have to do, you know, the the world, at least 89 to 92% of this world operates as mediocre. And mediocre is mediocre. And if you think of yourself as a soul living a human life, are you really following your soul's desire to function in this life? Is your life really gelling with what you're here to do? Do you even know what you're here to do? So get off your butt and actually find what your passions are and understand your potential and follow through because every time that we follow through with big commitments to ourselves, we build our self-confidence and we build our ability to crack the code and get into life and get beyond mediocre. You know, constantly finding fault with or attributing negative intentions to yourself, to other people, and then validating the notion that those negative people or those negative things or those faults are there and reinforcing those faults are another way people self-defeat. You know, they, they, people are so critical. They, they will sit there and criticize every single thing rather than moving forward with life. They'll just sit there and validate and give themselves excuses and reasons not to do things and, by, and, and reasons why they don't want to deal with somebody or reasons why a relationship is no longer worth pursuing or reasons why they won't do their job properly. These are things that people do to self-defeat, but they don't even realize they do it. And so you've got to right the ship and you've got to understand if you're always finding fault, you're never going to do anything in this life. And if you want to define a person that's mediocre, they find fault in everything. Some people call that perfectionism. Well, perfectionists usually never complete. Perfectionism is another form of self-sabotage. So, you know, as some people do this thing of regarding themselves as uh, undeserving and so believing that you have little to no right to ask for what you want or need is another way that people self-defeat and they look at that as being a nice person. Well, that is being a no person, a, a person that doesn't exist and that is so sad but a lot of people you know, look at themselves because maybe their parents uh, didn't spend a lot of time giving them attention or maybe they have a very negative spouse or maybe they've surrounded themselves with very negative people, people that are critical of them, people that abuse them, people that say terrible things to them and they start believing it and then they find themselves to be undeserving. And so that is an excuse to self-sabotage. You are deserving. You're here. You have purpose. Go find it. Go do it. Go get on with your life. You know, Also, uh, another excuse for self-defeating is seeing yourself as an outsider or an outcast by defining yourself as uh, believing that you don't or can't fit in with other people. Well, I'm sorry. We're all uh, not able to fit in into certain ways. So the deal is you have to realize you're your own person. And if you're going to define yourself as an outsider, 
you're never going to work your way into the inside and help other people's lives. Being an outsider is an excuse. It is not a way to live your life. And, you know, becoming, you know, life is a relational thing. It's it's something where we learn from each other. It's a very much a a universal experience, a a, uh, university. It was defined, you know, basically from the idea that you sit on the steps and you learn from other people when uh, they did this in the, like Socrates back in uh, Athens. You know, the deal is when we learn, we learn from each other. So developing yourself as an outsider and having your own unique thoughts is a great God-given gift. But the deal is, is that you in yourself have to understand that you uh, don't want to fall back as an insider. You want to make your life, or as an outsider, you want to make your life a learning experience. Maybe being a free thinker is a wonderful thing, but just being defiant is just being defiant. It's just ugly. And so those of you that define yourself as outsiders understand that you need to be insiders also. You need to be outsiders and insiders to influence other people and to learn from other people. Life is a continuous evolving learning experience and we all want to embrace that if you want to have a full and rich life. Another way that people self-defeat is they perceive themselves or perhaps the whole world, as untrustworthy. And so believing that you should be suspicious for yourself, for those around you, the world is a dangerous place, that is another self-sabotage. That's self-defeating behavior. Cut it out. Life, once again, is a faith-based experience. So what I mean by that is if you want to be able to trust someone, You have to have faith in them first to earn that trust and to develop trust. Trust is a very, very tricky thing. And so here's the deal. If you want to develop trust in your life and trusting relationships, you need to choose to have faith before you give trust. So, for instance, if you're trying to develop a relationship with someone, start communicating the things you have faith in them about and the things that you're scared of you have faith in them. I have faith that you're going to uh, uh, be uh, mine only and that we're going to have a monogamous relationship. I I have faith that you're going to be there for me. I have faith that you're going to be a great partner in helping raise children. I have faith that you're always going to be a good provider and that we're going to be great partners. This is a way that we develop trust is by communicating the things that we have faith in in other people. You know, when we want to influence a crowd of people, we need to talk about how we have faith in them. Faith is the bridge to trust. And once again, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about the act of faith, which is life. That is what religion teaches people, is how to have faith because it gives you trust eventually and the world does not become a scary place. Yes, there's evil things out there. Yes, there's bad things out there. But most people do not spend their whole life trying to create evil. Most people just try to follow their beliefs and then they learn and they change. And that's what life is about. It's about having faith that change is not something to fear. Change is something to embrace. Okay, also another way uh, people uh, uh, love to self-sabotage is they devalue or belittle themselves. You know, they, they believing that you're less worthwhile than other people, you know, re- regularly selling yourself short, humbling yourself to the point that nobody thinks you're important is a terrible thing to do. You know, I could, I'd be, it'd be one thing to say, 
let's say I'm going to start a, a project, a project, let's say, I'll just pull it out of the air, I'm going to learn how to bowl, I'm a terrible bowler by the way, but I, I want to become a better one, so if I did that, I'm, I don't really want to bowl that much, but if I were to integrate that into my life, I would start practicing and knowing that I could become a better bowler, not just defeat myself and say, no, I'll be embarrassed. If, you, if you're going to expect yourself to be an expert when you first start something, you're never going to finish it. You cannot be an expert when you first start something unless you're, you're some you know, extreme genius that just happened to have a, a, a skill that you uh, cultivated or that you developed that makes you magically an expert. But the deal is most people do not become experts instantly. Maybe they have gifts that make them into an expert. But the deal is, is that not all people are going to be instantly an expert. Most things require knowledge, skill, and commitment. And we have to give ourselves a chance to do that. And if you do that and you become an expert at something, guess what? You build your own self-confidence. You know, the, the thing about college, if you think about college, people that enter college, so many people never finish. The sad truth is, is that the, the only message a true bachelor's degree tells an employer is you can start and finish something. People that start and finish something, they are responsible adults. And that tells you that they are employable. So people that, you know, when you go and finish college, let's say, you have said something about yourself. And college is usually the first adult commitment that many children make in their life. And once they've committed and finished, they now consider themselves to be an adult. All right. Also, uh, viewing yourself as a Uh, codependent or as more responsible for other people's welfare than your own. People that love to be givers, let's say, I'm a giver. Well, a giver means they've given their life up and they do not make a stand for their own life. And so a lot of people self-defeat by calling themselves giver, making their, their other people's lives more important than their own. And by doing that, they never give to themselves. And by never giving to themselves, they run out of gas and they self-sabotage. And that is a way that a lot of people self-sabotage. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to also talk about other uh, self-defeating behaviors and becoming aware of those behaviors and how to get rid of them. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. 
Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about self-defeating. And, you know, there's, there's so many ways that people do self-defeat. And I'm trying to outline those and also give some solutions to it. But the, the bottom line is, is that we have to look at ourselves and understand that even how we talk, even how we talk can define whether we're a self-sabotager. You know, if you hear somebody uh, that has lots of victim themes, uh, the whiner, the people that suck the life out of you, you know, basically uh, people that take themselves as a victim, that is a real strong indication that they're self-sabotagers. I mean, uh, how a victim talks is they did this to me, you did this to me. You know, when you did this, it hurt my feelings. Their feelings are so important. How they feel is the biggest thing in the world, and nobody can ever make them feel good. You know, you're in charge of your own emotions in this life, and the deal is most of them are are there to actually motivate you to take action on your thoughts. And so if you don't have an emotion in front of you that's going to motivate you, you want to get rid of it. There's millions of emotions to grab onto, but you want to grab the ones that motivate you. So here's the deal. When When you hear a person that is a victim, wah, 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 they did this to me, oh, I can't believe, when they have this victim theme throughout their whole life, that person is a self-sabotager. Stay away from them. Stay away from them as far as you can or tell them and confront them with their victim themes. You know, it's the people that you want to have in your life are people that say I statements. They take responsibility. I said this. I did this. When this happened, this is how I responded. So that person has a life. That's somebody who is not a self-sabotager. That's somebody that has very high self-esteem. Another way people self-sabotage is they don't take compliments. You know, if you want to be a victim in life and you want to be somebody that uh, perpetrators or sexual people or one-night standers or people that are, 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 are looking for someone to, uh, to go to bed with, basically you're somebody that can't take a compliment. And that's what they're looking for. If you're a person that says, oh, no, I'm not really pretty or I'm not really nice, blah, 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 that you're making it so hard for people to give you a compliment and you're also a self-sabotager. That's language. You know, that is a, that language of self-sabotaging is people that don't take compliments. Why do you make it so hard for people to give you a compliment? Aren't they entitled to their perception? Really? Is your perception of yourself more important than theirs? You know, you've got to give people their perception. Take a compliment. See how it feels for once. Just say thanks and shut up. Thank you. That tells people you have self-esteem. That tells people that you have confidence. And that tells people, hey, you may be somebody that actually completes hard things in your life. Anything hard makes life easier, folks. So if you're going to go become a doctor, let's say, that's hard. It's hard. 
but it makes your life easier because it creates more opportunities for you. So, you know, the, these are things that we have to begin to understand that's even in our language shows that we're self-defeaters. Okay, also, you know, another way is seeing your feelings as only adding to your vulnerability by hiding your feelings, you know, uh, and, and disallowing healthy expression of your feelings. I can't cry. I can't express myself. You know, people that are flat and don't like to express emotion basically are self-defeaters too because they're not real. They're people that have very low self-regard and they believe that sharing their feelings is not important. And, you know, they also look at sharing your feelings as crying or getting dramatic or, you know, all that kind of crap. Well, that, that's, that is not a healthy sharing your feelings. Once again, sharing your feelings is as simple as saying, I feel like this, or I feel like that. Stating feelings. The more you state feelings, the more familiar and the more you become emotionally intelligent. So what is this thing called self-compassion? You know, if you go through like Amazon or or Barnes & Noble, you're going to find about 5,000 books listed under self-esteem. But the vast majority of these books are basically how to become compassionate for yourself. And you, of course, have to understand what the heck is self-compassion. Well, you know, self-compassion is looking at yourself, looking at your mistakes, looking at your shortcomings with kindness and understanding, forgiving yourself for making a mistake, forgiving yourself for doing something that you didn't intend to uh, come out the way it did. You know, we all do heinously stupid things in our life. But we also have to forgive ourselves for doing those things. And, and, and the other thing about self-sabotaging is people don't apologize to the people they've affected for the mistakes that they've made. And if you're going to just move on and never take accountability for our mistakes, you're also self-defeating. And so the deal is in life, we have to become very compassionate. We have to understand where our frailties are, expand and, and, and communicate what those frailties have been. But also note that we're a work in progress. Life is a continuous progression. It is not defined by events. It is a continuous evolving process. And so many people are impatient and they always want results and they want things immediately. But the deal is life is process. You have to embrace process if you're going to embrace life. And that means that we enjoy experiences We don't just sit on our conquests. We don't sit on certain moments and let those define us. So if we're going to be self-compassionate, we have to be about process and we have to be about mistakes and we have to be about uh, forgiveness. We also have to be optimistic. We have to understand peace. And what is peace? Well, peace is acceptance. If you have peace, you can have any emotion in your whole life. You can have all of them and not be afraid of them because peace means that we accept all things in life. We accept things as they are. We accept change. We accept the need for change. We accept a whole lot of things. Peace is so important because it gives us clarity. And when we have clarity, we can communicate our emotions. We can communicate our thoughts. We can be creative and we can also be very relational people. And also, uh, controlling anxiety 
and controlling depression. Well, once again, depression is a series of unmet expectations. Anxiety just comes with it because the goals that we may have set are very hard to reach and we don't have a good process to get to them or we have this self-defeating philosophy. You know, another thing uh, that we do to self-defeat is saying things are never good enough. Never good enough. You know, if you're so displeased with yourself, both mentally and physically, it's no mystery that you're falling into two common thought-based traps, which is perfectionism and self uh, self-doubting. You know, uh, feeling better about who you are as a person means talking to yourself respectfully and rationally and understanding our own potential. You know, calling yourself names doesn't help. It only makes things worse. And fortunately, there are some issues you can address to, to counteract this. So perfectionism has many aspects, including the, the valuable uh, desire to do better, to look better, and generally keep to high standards. So far, so good. You know, however, since, you know, uh, like Olympic gold medalists fall short of perfection most of the time, we'd better accept that perfection simply doesn't always exist. Striving towards betterment is a much better goal. Betterment. Betterment. Continuously grow. Continuously to, to follow a path that betters ourselves. That means we're willing to take on hard things and that means we're willing to make mistakes and that means we're not becoming a miserable, perfectionistic person, which is basically an excuse not to live. Secondly, the, the self-downing uh, habit is, is basically a facet of perfectionism. It makes you do less well and it makes you have fewer things that you do in your life because you require perfection. So basically, it's, it's a self-defeating behavior. So let's look at what willpower is. You know, willpower is very, very important. You know, it is the, the basis of what makes us function well in life. You know, the, the willpower is an essential ingredient in achieving, overcoming, and becoming. You know, so, so why does it often fail us? You know, the, the reason is, is too much will and too little balance is one of the reasons. Willpower is a game of balance and a balance is a game of sustainability. You know, such things like the, the, the fitness industry knows this very well. Every new year... Fitness centers experience an explosion of new members, and then they go there, they walk into the gym the first couple of weeks, and they bust their butts. And, the, and there's people everywhere in the gym at the first of the year with the concept of fitness. But as days and weeks pass, these numbers lessen. And a couple of months into the year, the crowds even out, and pretty soon, getting on that lat pull-down machine doesn't require standing in line. And we're all prone to thinking willpower is all or nothing. But it's not all or nothing. It is a commitment to ourself, and it's a balanced plan that is continuous. And so, we want to commit to ourselves, and we want to stop exploding and then pooping out. What we want to is develop a continuously and livable process of improvement. So taking a such thing as a fitness commitment, doing a fitness commitment and staying on that commitment through the whole year gives us something that we've shaped into our life and we've developed a very good new habit. Um, you know, the, basically another way that we uh, self-defeat 
and is uh, self-control runs low. You know, some people eat themselves to death. You know, we, they begin our day with uh, energy reserves and enhanced focus, but as the day wears on, let's say that energy runs lower, and so does our self-control. And so some people, you know, that don't cheat on their diet during the day will cheat on their diet in the evening, and all of a sudden, nothing that they do gets them uh, to that balanced and that healthy uh, lifestyle that they need. So the deal is, you don't want to be somebody that just starts well and then ends poorly. You want to be somebody that starts well and ends well, and they maintain that. That is very, very important to understand. Also, what you know, what is willpower? It, it is basically uh, part of what you know. Looking at something like what saps our energy, do away with it. You know, if there's something that just zaps our energy, find a new way to look at it or a new way to approach it or understand it and accept it and don't make it so important. You know, a lot of people will focus on a task that they hate doing, like mowing the lawn and not understand that maybe if they put a book and an audio book in their, in their iPod or whatever, their, their, or their iPhone and keep it with them, maybe if they're listening to a book while they're mowing the lawn, they might enjoy the experience a little better and actually look forward to mowing the lawn. You know, that, that there's ways that we can get around putting a load, a negative load on things that we look forward, we don't look forward to doing. You know, you have to take that load away and make it a positive experience or also look at the outcome of what it will give you. Then we look forward to things and then we finish. Also, we have these things that are called automatic thoughts with that sabotage our, you know, our process. And, and, and by the way, our, our unconscious is full of these type of things, you know, that, that basically we do things the way we used to do them. You know, if you, let's say, uh, developed a habit of uh, being a poor writer, let's say, and, and you've always been a poor writer, and you just continue to uh, uh, basically call yourself a poor writer, well, you'll never write well. And so you'll always write the same poor writing that nobody can read. Well, you can change that. You can change the way you write by practicing, learning how to write, and then actually change how you write. And guess what? You become a more professional person, and you become more expressive, and you've developed a new way of communicating. So, you know, we have to understand where are these things in our lives that we self-defeat. You know, uh, independence is another thing. You know, people sometimes self-sabotage because they just have to be independent. Well, having to be independent means you're just an ass. You know, the deal is we're all independent. We all have character. What you want to do is make choices. Make choices, and they may be your, your choices, but hopefully they're relational choices. Being independent is a great thing, but being an independent thinker is a better thing. That means we think new thoughts. We think original thoughts, and we share those thoughts with other people so they can help other people. So being independent doesn't mean we separate ourselves from the herd. Being independent means we provide more value to other people's lives by influencing them with new and original thinking. Okay, so uh, once again, sleep deprivation is huge, but a lot of people do that to self-defeat. Some people eat crappy foods, bad chemicals. You know, look, here in America, we have processed food all over the place. So we've talked about all kinds of ways 
in which people self-defeat. And once again, uh, some things is one of the ways a lot of people self-defeat is impulse control. You know, they, they let's say sexuality, let's say, uh, uh, you know, candy, let's say eating. You know, impulse control is the way to stop ourselves from self-sabotaging and self-defeating. All right, that's our show. Our next show is Finding Mr. or Mrs. Right. I want to thank everybody for listening. I love to hear from you. Get your feedback, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now, remember, self-sabotaging people understand that they are only their own soulmate in the end. Also, before you diagnose yourself with depression or low self-esteem, look around and make sure you're not just surrounded by assholes. That's William Gibson's quote. He's an author. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll hear you next week. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.